the Sports Plus Show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. You're hearing my voice first, which means you know this is a pre-recording. We are not in the studio this week. Daryl, you're uh, you're not home either. I'm in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Had the greatest week. We rented this house down there, and it's just been delightful, even with the cold weather. But the um, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I had so I had. Um, Al and Sue come, and then Ed and um, uh, Margot come too. And then my daughter had all her wonderful friends show up. There's a lot of energy here. You oh, know. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. And Matt, you're on vacation with your family uh, in, in my old haunt. Yeah, yeah. We're out on the Cape. Um, this is our, we're, we are, it's, it's Cape Cod. There is a, there is a Cape Ann too that is really important. <laughs> we, we are, we are in uh, Yarmouth, Cape Cod. So uh, this is our last evening. We're recording this Friday night, and uh, we've we've had great weather, beach, just about every day, and the boys have loved it. It's been a, it's yeah. been a very nice, refreshing start to the summer. The the Cape's a really really fun place for a six year old to be. I remember how much fun we I had when Cape we Cod in. is a wonderful oh, place. For, yeah. <laughs> Just like Cape Ann is. <laughs> I can't stand the Cape. It's like no, it's not the Cape. It is incredibly beautiful place, but there's another great Cape. I feel like you're the only New Englander who makes that distinction, though. Absolutely. I mean, you say you the know, Cape to anyone else, they, they kind of know what you're talking about, but right. they don't. They don't harass you. So, right. any 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 culinary highlights, Matt? Um, a lot. We've had a lot of seafood. We we've been going to different places every night. Um, I'm trying to think where we went to the Skipper yesterday. Um, down in uh, South Yarmouth, that was really good. Um. Spankies, we did uh, Spankies, and we got you know we've my my five year old is funny. We go out to eat, and he he if there's macaroni and cheese on the kids menu, he wants to know if it's craft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I kid you not, this is the same kid that will also eat a forty dollar lobster, and he will eat it. <laughs> So wow. the, jo- the joke this week has been, all right, Jake, you know, what is it? Lobster or Kraft mac and cheese for dinner? And, uh, you know, go figure. But he's that's what my five-year-old likes to eat. Plans. Well, it's, it's interesting. So I've eaten a lot of seafood, too. But I had this distressing discovery, which is that uh, Rhode Island is uh, – it has terrible fried clams. I all I want to do is eat fried clams, huh. and the th- it's not they're not terrible, but I'm gluten free. So the oh, yeah, original Ipswich um, fried clam was with cornmeal, and I can always eat it in Ipswich. And the first night we had it, I didn't. I've, afterwards, I had sort of a reaction. So the next night, I went with them to go get the fried clams because I would literally eat them every night. And I'm talking to Benny at Benny's Clam Shack. And uh, I go, Benny, like, isn't it supposed to uh, be cornmeal? He goes, no, in Rhode Island, we use this mix that has corn flour and wheat flour in it. <laughs> so I couldn't eat. Um, you think, instead, all I eat is, is um, you know, uh, uh, pieces of flounder sautéed, uh, you know, which is like, okay. But we at home, we've cooked um, swordfish, tuna, 
and uh, scrod. So it's been yeah, good. There's there's no substitute for fried seafood, and I'm I'm celiac too, so I I have the same problem. Once in a while, you can stumble across a place that uses rice or cornmeal. There's a we in fact we went after my dad's funeral. There's a used to be a little dive pizza place in Woodbridge, a town where I grew up, and we we would go there every couple of weeks and you know greasy you know thin crust pizza with the like pools of grease on it and fried clams and so that it's been turned into a much fancier place mm. so it was nice to go in there after the funeral and i actually could eat the the fried calamari there for the first fried oh, calamari. they use cornmeal they use rice rice flour in this place rice flour nice. they actually had a pretty solid gluten-free menu. I'll tell you what, I'm spoiled from being in Portland because the, the allergy savvy food allergy savvy in Portland is, is incredible. And there are half a dozen dedicated gluten-free bakeries. So I have had donuts and pizza and bread, way too much bread, but it's not as, as you guys can see, it's not really, not really benefiting (laughs) Um, my overall health. But now the temperature has been, outrageous uh out there it was 115 for three days in a row did you see that graph um in the new york times of the temperature in portland you know it was all the data points and it was sort of you know went up in the summer and you know for many years this data and then everything were the last three days in portland you know it, and it and it's it's I mean it's killed hundreds of people in, in out west because it's 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 not like when it gets to a hundred here or a hundred and ten in Arizona where people are used to it. I saw something like thirty or forty percent of Portland homes have air conditioning, and mine doesn't. And my my neighbors managed to go find a um, a window unit, which they put in their bedroom, and we both have identical eight hundred square foot places. So they had a window unit in the bedroom, and it was 93 degrees in the living room. And they, they said if it had gotten any worse, they would have had to go to a hotel. And even that wasn't really an option because the hotels were filling up and the Airbnbs yeah. were filling up. Well, Matt, I don't know how it was for you, but so Boston's had 100 uh, you know, plus temperatures. And um, um, on Rhode Island, it was 81 degrees on the shore. Was it nice on the Cape? DK, there I said it. it, Cape Cod has been, it it was hot. We were up in the 90s. It was definitely, um, it didn't feel that bad. We're on the beach every day, so it doesn't feel that bad. You know, a lot of sunscreen, but the house we're staying in, we're renting, they don't have air conditioning. They don't even have window units. So we do have window fans, but because it's been so breezy, you know, even though it's 90 plus degrees, it doesn't really feel it. And, and yeah. we, you know, we've managed the house has the thermostat has gotten up and I noticed up to 85. Um, and then at night it, it drops down into the low 70s. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it was 100 for three days here. But again, my, my sister and her family went to the beach on one of those days and they came home. I was complaining about how disgusting it was. And like, oh, it was much nicer out there. So, yeah. You you guys have the right idea of getting yourselves out to the to the coast, and I have no excuse. I'm ten minutes away, but uh, been you know so, trying to been trying to be a responsible adult here. Now we're going to talk sports or or uh, mis misbehavior. How about all the Olympic stuff? 
Women I know out. it's crazy. What about this woman with the marijuana? Give me a break. I saw somebody yeah. posted like, if she smokes weed and can run that fast, that's like a, exactly. that's like a handicap. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, and, I, don't, I don't agree with that. And I totally, it looks like she's not going to be shut out because of the 30 days, whatever. She's not going to be shut out of the Olympics, I guess. But I don't really. It wasn't clear. The story wasn't clear. So yeah, there, well, there's, there's a bunch of like qualifiers. Like she can, it can be. She can have it cut to thirty days retroactively. If I, I'm off to go look it up. A couple. Well, but conditions also I met. think that the um, so the four by one hundred they have a a squad of six runners. I think. Right. So if she is served her time in jail by the you know by that time they might put her be able to put her on. Yeah. Yeah. But that's nuts. I'm sorry. That's nuts. Well, and the NBA did that years ago where they took took marijuana off the list of yeah. you know, forbidden substances because so many players in the NBA use it as a painkiller. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what um I really love uh stuff especially say about football. So you have, you know, Ray Rice so what did he get suspended for two games? And, you know, or even if it got, I don't remember if they made it more because they were embarrassed, but, um, but so it's just football, you're suspended for a period of time in nothing is addressed to the abuser. Nothing says you have to take, you know, classes and begin therapy and, you know, and like, that's a really good point because you're not stopping that behavior. You're not working on that behavior of that person that is screwed up enough to beat a woman. Right. Everything's yeah. just geared on getting them back on the field. And, but, I, and I'm, you know, like this is a serious charge, you know? So like if you're at the NFL, which is so it was now is right up there with FIFA in my mind. Um, you know, they really, I thought that was a great point. Um, the NFL did a report on Snyder. Oh yeah, I saw yeah. this. Yeah, well, they find him with ten million dollars, right? Which yeah, is, which and, is, you which know, is like... and there might have been some problems there, but we're not really sure. Yeah, it's nothing. They said nothing, and like this is apparently a real hornet's nest. This is like a really, you know, like it isn't like one person is complaining. There's a ton of yeah. people that complained. Well, I I think they did more than the Yankees though, because they're at least. They're at least putting what is it? His sister, Snyder's sister, in charge. Like he's being removed as. So you think that's a sham? You think he's still yeah, going to be? Yeah, I think I don't think I don't know. It sounded. I read it's like Sally Jenkins in the Washington Post, and she just was skewering it as a as just nothing, absolutely nothing. So maybe, but maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe the let's see I, what changes. I trust Sally Jenkins more than I trust myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read, I haven't read too much this week. I, I've, I've been reading headlines and trying to catch a little bit. I saw that the NFL came out with some sort of statement and I, yeah, I think it was like a $10 million fine and, and something yeah. like that. The, the so thing I haven't that was, read about it, but the thing that was more significant to me was taking Snyder away from the executive day-to-day function of the club, but you're right. Darryl, okay. There's nothing, there's nothing. Remember when Steinbrenner got suspended in, in like the, like early mid nineties. And he was obviously running, running things from, 
from behind the scenes. Um, that so you know how like I'm sure you guys heard since you're loyal Yankees fans. So the fans booed at the end of that el- epic meltdown. You know, oh with my god, seven runs first inning, <laughs> and then they lose. Uh, Chapman gives up eight runs in the ninth inning. Yep. Um, so they booed fire uh, judge and fire judge fire uh, Boone. Yeah. The, the 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 seven fans remaining after the two hour delay, um, and so Hal Steinbrenner, I have to say, I thought it was pretty. His comments were pretty intelligent. You know, like I've worked with Cashman for a long time, and um, you know, and and I do things in the off season, not not in the spur of the moment. You know, we evaluate it each time, and and then he he sort of talked about his dad. And he kind of said, well, you know, like, so they've had what three general managers, I get, or three managers, I mean, in, right? Because they had Joe Torrey for a long time. Who else did they? Oh, Girardi. Girardi, yeah. Managers, I think, in 25 years. And so they brought up the fact that Steinbrenner had 21 managers, George. <laughs> and how said, and, and like six of them were Gene Michael. Yes. <laughs> And Hal said, you know what? My dad did that, but it didn't appear to work very well. Uh, Matt, I, I want to talk about this Batgirl situation because there's there's nothing in that that makes the Yankees look good then or now. I, you know, I, I think it's not as bad as you making it out. But I'm curious. the point is taking 60 years. If they had done it 20 years after, that would have been a little bit you know, more appropriate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious as to why you don't. I mean, it, I, you will want people and, and kids. You you fix your mistakes. A mistake was fixed. I don't think. I don't think doing this sixty wait sixty years later, right? Sixty years is really but, yeah. But 60, like here, here's. It, it, I, I get what you're saying, but I also. You think of who was in charge of the Yankees 60 years ago and who's in charge of the Yankees. So what I'm saying is like when Brian Cashman became GM, I don't think there was a notebook that said we didn't let Gwen be a bad girl. And so like, how would he even know that ever happened? So. Well, this, so obviously my, obviously my bigger objection is for, is for Roy Hamey, who in 1961, wrote her a letter that said, while we agree with you that girls are certainly as capable as boys and no doubt would be an attractive addition on the playing field, she's 10 f-ing years old. I'm sure you can understand that it is a game dominated by men. A young lady such as yourself would feel out of place in a dugout. She'd feel out of Wait place. Minute, because oh, that's what the letter f- said? In 1961 when she wrote in. Oh, all I saw was that just that one line about um... – Girls don't belong in the clubhouse. Yeah, no. He he mentioned that she would be an attractive addition to the dugout at a, as a ten year old, and uh, Cashman's. And again, I, I'm. I I hate the the. I have a daughter explanation for why you need to do things that are helpful to women. You do things because they're human beings, not because they're your daughter or somebody's daughter or somebody's mother. And that's the, that's the first thing that Cashman said. I'll, well, I have a daughter. Well, the fact that you have a daughter doesn't tell me anything right. about right. how you treat women. It tells, tells right. me that you have a daughter. 
So I, I, I see nothing good in this. I mean, I, I agree it makes for a good headline that they write it wrong. I don't think they write it well, wrong. I don't think well, yeah, they did. Well, I mean, I, I, I get, I get, I get your she point. She was happy. She was happy. And, and that's, well, that's what I mean. I mean, so at what point then, Joe, would, would you rather 60 years ago, a, a, a mistake was made or, or maybe it, it was the times what I, what I'm saying is we're making progress and just because we're not there yet, just because there's still progress to be made, to say that this isn't a good thing, what would you have them do, right? It's this is proof that progress. I, I would. Is I would okay, okay. I'd have them hire a woman as a coach. I'd have them hire a woman as a GM. I'd have them hire more women as ushers. I'd have them have women be the bald bald people for an entire season. There's so much more to do than this, which is for a headline. That's all this was for. Was for a headline. You would rather them. You would have. You would have been content if they just if this story came out and the Yankees still denied her the opportunity. You would have been. No, I no, I I don't think I. Again, you you you. I don't think I don't think what they did does anything. It doesn't mean that doing nothing is better. They recognized that they made the mistake 60 years ago. But did they? Did they really? Did Cashman say anything about we are writing wrong? We No, they could have gone so much further with it and made it so much more significant. There was no no apology for what happened to her 60 years ago. There wasn't any there wasn't any mention of this disgusting comment that Roy Hamey made. Yeah. You know, no one could address that. They're, they, everything they did was for their own benefit. Was for the PR. Was for the headlines. Was for. Let's talk about the Red Sox. Let's Look talk about the Red Sox. Doing. The Red Sox are great, Daryl. They are really, really great, and the Yankees are really, really terrible. Did you expect them? Did you expect them to be twenty games over five hundred halfway through the season? No, nobody did. I, I did, did not. not. And so the thing is, I didn't. I mean. Bloom so far is showing a skill like that Cashman has too of, of identifying players like this Hunter Renfro. You know, the the guy is really, really having a great year for the Red Sox. Kiki Hernandez. You know, so these players, about, it's, about, it's pretty cool. How, and how he's about Pumpsy Green? Pictures. How's Pumpsy Green doing? I don't hear anything about Pumpsy Green yet. <laughs> it's been weeks. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I've been pumping, you know, all my young friends and I said, you know, listen, I get, I'm I'm not getting a lot of grief about Boston being a racist town. They go, yeah, uh-huh. well, it is. <laughs> we could talk about that. We could talk about. So, I guess we could I talk have... about the Celtics hire, which is actually something I don't have anything negative to say about. No, that's a beautiful hire, and Stevens' first deal was a really good deal too. Getting rid of Kemba, and you know, freeing up some back, money, getting back two really good players. I mean, he got you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean Horford still has something left. Horford's a team player that makes it the other t- right. And, and Moses better. Brown is is going to help them right where they need the most help for for a bunch of years. And plus, he he as is he's as good as anybody they would have drafted with a 16th pick, and they would have had to pay that person first uh, round money 
And so it was a smart move by Stevens. So I'm, I'm, a, I, I had Stevens peg wrong. I did not think he was going to last in this job. And it sounds like he really likes it and he may, he may be good at well, it. We don't know that no. yet, but I mean, he, he was a wonder kid anyway. Like, you know, he came from Butler. He, he, he made Butler what they are. And then he came to the NBA as a wonder kid. And you just wonder, I mean, he's, He's had mild success in his coaching career. He had quite I mean, you great success say, at Butler, but not so much at, for the Celts. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. So uh, you know, I don't think you could, I don't think you could call him a failure as a no. coach. He, he obviously he didn't get them out of the Eastern Conference, but you had LeBron to deal with. So a lot of coaches couldn't get their teams out of the Eastern Conference. And so you know, we'll see. Is he going to be? You know, will he have? So I, I I don't think he'll just be a, a failure, well, uh, if, you know. right? But will he be able to get the Celtics I, over I, the hump? We're, I don't we're, know. We're just a handful of minutes in, Matt, you're already wrong because Stevens was a failure as a coach. He didn't have LeBron the last <laughs> two years. Didn't have didn't even come close to LeBron the last two years. Who was three thousand miles away? I think I think Stevens was a horrible disappointment as a coach. I think he was. I think he. Disappointment yeah. is different yeah. than failure. Tomato, tomato. I think he, I, I think I he's over no. his head as a GM. I don't think he's qualified at all for that job. I think he's about as qualified as Chauncey Billups mm-hmm. is. Look fine. Let's let's give him some time. Yeah, and see fine. what happens. It's 2021. But we don't give anybody don't any think, time. But so, but you know, but the thing is, the Celtics are a flawed team, and they, you know, and they've got some issues. Just something slightly. What this Atlanta Milwaukee series is very interesting, especially with I think it's the seventh six. game coming, and both teams six a.m. Milwaukee's six up three two, and mm-hmm. but both teams are playing without their star. At least they yeah, did for and, the last I, game. I, it looks like Antetokounmpo is going to be out for game six too, but it also looks like it's not that serious of an injury. There's no torn ligaments, so he may if there is a game seven. He'll be back, and if they, you know, presumably they'll make the finals. If well, if there's no game seven, they're in the finals. Um, then he'll he'll be back for the for the NBA finals. So I'm I, I'm I'm glad. I think. And so you think they're you think they're outlasting Atlanta? I, I think if especially if if Young doesn't play, I don't. I, I think Milwaukee without Antetokounmpo is better than Atlanta without Trey Young. Right. You know, and, and I, they, right. I think they showed that in Game Six, but I, I don't, I don't think it matters. I think Phoenix is the is the Mack truck that's run through the playoffs and is going to run through whoever wins. Yeah, interesting. I mean, interesting, uh, interesting. Well, there, regardless, I mean, I agree, Joe. There with Phoenix, regardless of who comes out of the East, they're going to be banged up. You're going to be a hobbled onto the Kubo or a hobbled Trey Young, and neither one of those two for. For all, you know, Phoenix is healthy. You, I know Chris Paul had um, the, the COVID stuff, and he is back on the court. But um, Aiton is healthy. Booker is healthy. And with Phoenix's big three healthy, I don't think either one of the East is going to be and able to, to the, over. Is the, do they have – yeah, they have Terrence Mann, or is he on the he's Clippers? A, I'm he's sorry. a Clipper, yeah. He might be on the Clippers. Yeah, but he's a he's a Boston product who's you know really done well, really well, come Matt, up. On I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you again. I don't think I, I think 
a Phoenix team, even down a man, is probably better than a healthy Atlanta or a healthy Milwaukee. I, I don't think I don't think it's even. Yeah, yeah, sure, but I mean, but they're not down a man, so right. I mean, right? They're healthy now, so a, a healthy Phoenix is definitely better but, but than so a hobble. They're also better than a healthy um, Bucks team. I don't think Bucks. it matters if Antetokounmpo's at ten percent or a hundred percent. They're not. They're not beating Phoenix. Ah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would I would disagree with the Bucks. I think the Bucks. Giannis, if Giannis is healthy, if, can, he's can a I, tough. Can I teach you guys able. something? That's can tough. I teach the teacher something? Because his name's not that hard to say, and it's a, oh, it's boy. sort of it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. That's but you're not everybody does it. Everyone in sports media does it. And it was one thing when the guy was a rookie and no one knew his name, but he's been in the league. He's been an MVP. Let's let's say his last name and not infantilize the young man. It's Anta Tacumpo. It's not that hard. Anta Tacumpo. Giannis. Giannis, I got it. I, I, yeah. Why, why do, why do I have last to call name like Giannis you do with every other player in the league? And like we never do with white players, we never call white players by their first name. We do it only to infantilize black what? players. Michael, I, Magic, I Kareem. Bird, Mikhail. I, I, it's, I don't. I'm not with you on this, no, Joe. I'm not no, quite no, getting. No, Larry, no, Larry was, was Larry. Bird to everyone in the national media. Larry no, to, was Larry. No, Larry talk, did it again. Now you have you have somewhat yeah, of no, a point it, you, here. If you go back, be, trust me on this. I've studied this quite a bit, and it is something that we've done to to black players for as long as there's been sports media. And we do it to foreign players, too. We infantilize them by giving them nicknames or calling them by their first names. So it, I feel like the, the true way to show respect to, a, to an athlete is to use their last name and always use an athlete's last name unless it's a confusing situation or if it's a Dr. J type situation. So say it with me, guys. Hmm. Anta Tacumpo. Onto there Tacumpo. you go. Not that hard. So any, anyway, I just I I I I'm not. I'm trying to think in my head of I I'm I don't under, quite understand though how it's insulting or not respectful by calling Giannis. By, that's his name. It, it's, Giannis. Yeah. Do you not agree that it's more respectful to refer to someone a professional by their last name? I don't think it matters. No, I don't. I, that's, I guess, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I see no names and that's who they get called. No, yeah. I am, I, by saying his name is Giannis, I am not meaning any disrespect. I, I, I guess I'm just not seeing where there's, that's it, how that's infantilization is what it is. You are. I mean, Matt, I do sort of buy his basic point of, I've been trying, I've been racking my brain like Coos, Heinsohn, you know, they pretty much are called by their last names. We we say LeBron on this show all the time. We don't always say LeBron I, I, so James. I think LeBron becomes LeBron. the exception because his first name is so distinctive and his last name is so common that if we just said James, there would be a lot of confusion. So I think there are exceptions to it, certainly. But as a rule, and again, Matt, you got to trust me, I've studied this way more than any, any sane human being yeah. should. Yeah, It was definitely worse in 1961, but it is still a problem now. And again, it, it on top of the 
on top of the the minimization, it's um, it's I think it's it's lazy on the media's part to to go with what's easier, and that honestly, I tell you, that was the absolute hardest part about doing games live, do, doing play by play, is you know you get handed a sheet with a bunch of names on it, and it's tremendously insulting to pronounce yeah. someone's name incorrectly. And and I think it is yeah, or to say number thirty seven right, right. just we can't do that for a forty eight minute yeah. basketball game, and I think right. you know it is equally as insulting to continue to use the first name of of a player because it's easier for. Okay, so now one of the things that we were going to talk about today is really been just weighing on my mind a lot, and that's can you so if you have a transgression in 1997 can you be forgiven for for it in 2021 you know it depends on the transgression and and what you've done to to atone for it well it's an alleged we talked a little bit about it last week when it was still kind of hazy right the rumors were just coming out that he was going to be the higher but Chauncey Billups in 1997, his rookie year in the NBA, was involved in a, there's no other way to say it, in a gang rape situation of a young woman in a hotel room with a couple other players. He was never criminally charged. He settled a civil case out of court, made a made a payment. We don't know whether it was a dollar or $20 million, um, and then carried on with his career. Mm-hmm. Who? What, did anything happen to the other? No, the other players. Same, same thing. I think they came to the same settlement. No one, no one was ever disciplined by the league or criminally. Uh, but as we know, that doesn't mean they didn't do anything wrong. I think the, just to put it this way, mm-hmm. I'm not paying anyone a large settlement unless I did something wrong. So I, when I see that happen, I my my initial feeling is okay. So how do you feel as a Portland Dis- fan? How do you feel about it? And we can hire? set Becky Hammond aside, whatever enthusiasm I would have had for that hire, and just talk about the Chauncey Billups situation on its own. There were, first of all, to 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 hire him, claiming that he's got some great basketball pedigree. I mean, he was a, he was a fine player. He was an All Star. He won a championship. He was a very heady player. Yeah, he was a good player he's and got tough. Very one tough. One year of experience as an assistant coach in the NBA. That's one more year than I have. So my one year from being qualified to to be a head coach in the NBA. And so aside from the yeah. fact that there was Mike D'Antoni and Becky Hammond, and we could name a dozen other more qualified potential coaches. And they went for Chauncey Billups. Mm-hmm. They went for Chauncey Billups through the objections of pretty much the entire Portland fan base and the entire city. They went almost through the objections of their own star who wanted to hire an even more problematic candidate in Jason Kidd, who is acknowledged in court that he assaulted his wife on multiple occasions pretty brutally. I And I so the fact that those were the first two options is, is disturbing and disgusting to me. Well, you know, it's interesting because I would really, I I hope we get to 
get Julie back on another thing because I would really like to hear what she said. She's a really leading um, voice in, yeah. in sports reporting, especially as a female. I'd really like to hear what she had to say. Now, um, so do you feel that kids should Absolutely. never be hired? I think there's – And same thing with Billups? You feel that Billups, no team should hire him? I mean, I, I, no, obviously not. I mean, I, I don't I, – and I, I get I, – I, to go back to what your question was before we took the break, should he, should somebody still be held accountable for a mistake they made in 1997? Look, if you held me strictly accountable for every mistake I made in 1997 – I I I'd, I'd be in stocks right now, but I'm I'm also not the you know to be a head coach in the NBA is a very privileged position. I felt the same way. This it takes me yeah. back to the Michael Vick discussion. Okay, Michael Vick did some horrible things. He sort of atoned for them and then was just handed his career back. I don't think he ever should have come back in the NFL. And people say, well, what shouldn't he have a chance to, to make up for his wrongdoings? Yes. But you don't, when you're that, when you do something that terrible, you shouldn't be elevated back up to this essentially privileged position. Well, I know the, the, the start of this discussion was the NBA. So, I mean, I do think, it's hard. You're 1997. You're a rookie. I mean, your initial question: Should you be sort of forgiven right. for your transgressions? If, you, if you've right? done a good job and, since and then, it depends on on how it's handled. And for me, owning your mistakes and apologizing for them and and facing the consequences of your actions means a lot to me. I think I, I'm. I can't sit here and say I'm perfect and have never made a mistake. And I don't think any one of us, none of us are saying that, but you know, when, and unfortunately in high profile situations, when, you know, things are settled in civil court with a payment and then it's hush hush. And then how dare you ask me about it that happened in the past to me, that's, that's the tough part to swallow. So, you know, should, should Chauncey Billups get hired? You know, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's up, if that's who the players wait, wait, wait. want, we're letting the players make these decisions now. What, wait a minute. Thought... No, no, it's who the, it's no, who the no, owners but, want. But ultimately, no. But you, Joe, but that is. The, I, I'm not saying I like it, but that is what it is. I mean, they're doing everything the, they can to try to not, keep no, Lillard. But, but he, Lillard, this is Lillard's gonna, choice. Lillard did not like this. This. It was his top two. He wanted kid number one. And this kid was Neil said, I'm not coming choice, and this was done presumably without, by all accounts, without Lillard's input. That he didn't. Well, but he he stated uh, that's not, No, that's not. No, no, no. When, so what I read, and I could I could be mistaken. Let me see if I could try. Yeah, but try Lillard to find said it. he wanted one I of those read, two. Lillard wanted one of those two, and then people were killing Lillard right. for it and on so Twitter his response was <laughs> his response was guys I, I'm you I was asked if I liked one of these two guys I would like one of these two guys I'm sorry that I didn't know all the facts of things they did right. when I was seven well, my, and eight my, years old so my problem was he stuck was with that response, response after being informed of this stuff you know at, at, at a, a real community leader would have said 
all right, you know what? I didn't know about this. I'm going to educate myself about what happened. And then would come out with a statement the next day and say, I'm horrified and disturbed by what I read about what happened in 1997. And I don't think this is the man we want leading our team. That's what a, a, a community leader and a team leader would have done. Instead, he's I think he's already right. and this sort of feeds to me the idea that he already kind of had one foot out the door because he's taking this opportunity to to burn mm-hmm. a bridge. And I may have said this last week. Two weeks ago, half of ninety percent of the city of Portland would have thrown themselves into the Willamette River on, on his behalf. Now the same ninety percent of people wouldn't care if he got traded tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, and then do I do want to just yeah. say, quick about the Michael Vick thing. I disagree, Joe. I don't think he was given anything. He kind of earned that job yeah. back. He was brought. Philly brought him back. Philly still had Donovan McNabb on the roster. So Michael Vick was actually their number three. Donovan McNabb was then traded or or he retired. And then they had Nick Foles. And I believe they were playing Nick Foles. He got hurt. And then Michael Vick earned that job back. I'm not talking about his starting position. I'm talking about letting him back on the roster. Like he... Yeah, but no, I think he was repentant for the dog stuff. You know, I, I... yeah, I, he, I think he really his... was. He he he. Okay, so so my question it. then yep. is: so if we're going to open the gates to transgressors, does the nature or the degree of transgression matter? Is killing three hundred dogs worse than participating in one questionable night with a young woman? The other thing we have to, to have to consider is. That's the only incident we know about with Billups. And from what I know about from from friends who have criminally prosecuted monsters like this is when you uncover one incident, it means there are many, many more under the surface that have not been uncovered. And that would actually give us a nice segue into my chosen non-sports topic of the week. And again, we're only talking about things that disgust us apparently this week, but... The, the Bill Cosby situation, <laughs> uh, this was maybe the most shocking and disturbing piece of news we've had in, in quite some time. And mm-hmm. the, the explanation for it sounded extremely fishy, which was that the previous prosecutor had promised him immunity before hearing his testimony. And that's the part that stuck out oddly to me. And again, I've talked to a couple my friends in, in law enforcement and you always ex- take the confession. You always get the confession or the statement before you offer anything because you need to know what's in that, what's in right. that statement before you know what you can offer and had any prosecutor with any amount of scruples heard what had actually happened, they never would have offered him immunity from criminal prosecution, which is apparently what happened. If if those of you, some of you haven't heard exactly what happened, the previous district attorney had promised Cosby immunity in exchange for his testimony in a civil case against him, no doubt, no, no, no less. So again, it's not like they were investigating something else and they accidentally uncovered this stuff. They were trying to get him he made incriminating statements, and it's just—it's either. 
Well, listen, one more question. Do we have time to discuss we gotta, Bauer? We have about 20 we, more uh, minutes, I think. Out of time. And we, we can go long, we can go short. Oh, I'm going to edit good, the crap good. out of this anyway. So. Yep, yep, yep. But, um, but yeah, the Cosby thing was tough. And I think it must be a little discouraging oh my God. for women. Dev- God, devastating. Devastating to anyone who's been yeah. the victim of any kind of sexual assault. I mean, to know that it, yeah. it was such a victory that such a prominent person was finally taken into account. And the thing right. is, too, we know there were yeah. dozens and dozens of women with the Right. It was just one woman that actually led right. to and the it, and how, how about for her? I mean, everything you, you, you have to go through to, oh. to, to get to where she, to get to where we were and all that for her now is lost. I mean, it's, just, and I can't, that is, that it's a human being I would least want to be right now. Don't, I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying and I'm <laughs> thinking out loud, which isn't always the best thing for me, but what I guess like, because when, when you hear this, it drives you nuts, right? And you're like, the prosecution, and, and they promised them this, and and then, it, so basically you got off on technicalities, and and that's a tough pill to swallow, but and in the same time, there's a reason why the, the technicalities are there, because how, you know, without the protection, it there could be situations where innocent people are promised things. And, and I, I don't know, I, I, no, like I, I said, of, I'm thinking out loud, it's a bad thing, but this situation, it, it smells bad to me, right? We know this guy got off on a technicality and, and but, it's, it's, but Matt, I think also the thing is the law works in a particular way. Like right now, I'm very excited that Merrick Garland is attorney general, but he is doing some things that I don't really like, and he's doing it because he wants law to be consistent. And so, I mean, so the well, the, the judge ruled, yeah, and that, was, maybe this judge made a mistake, but he ruled, he freed Cosby. Well, and, and that that's, I guess, what I'm kind of thinking out loud in my head, you know, not in my head, but, you know, as upsetting as it is, it's, it's, it's the law and it's, gotta be the law for consistency and and you know i'm gonna my kids oh, nice. just got back from the candy store here on 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 wait, cape wait, wait, cod did they so go to the with the democrats and republicans benches out out um, in front no, I, please tell me oh man we used to go to this no. place in centerville all the time and this was when penny candy was a penny and they had all these jars of candy and you could go You're right my parents would give us right. each a dollar and we'd all yeah. come out with these paper sacks Full, no, God, the, the most disgusting of, yeah. stuff too. The the wafers yeah. with the non pareils yeah. in them, and the the gum cigarettes that you blow through, and the powdered sugar would come out. Um, that was actually one of the places yeah. I was going to steer you to, Matt. But anyway, I I, I agree with you that legally, <clears throat> excuse me, legally that judge was kind of bound to do what he did. I think the mistake was made by both. The, the, Absolutely. But, but the, the, the mistake was made by the second person. Yeah. He was dealing with a famous person, and he made, as I remember when that case was happening, that there was a lot of feeling that that prosecutor at that time. Well, made and a big the mistake. second prosecutor, you can fault him for making, you know, again, a, a mistake. The first prosecutor, I think, is the one that 
that deserves the scrutiny because he's the one who made the deal with Cosby. Right. And that's, again, where right. and and that where, was and where it sticks out, like I said, the right. most is that law enforcement 101 is that you get the statement before you offer them anything. I mean, you watch any cop show. And that's they lean so heavily on that suspect in, in that interrogation room, and they you know they give they coax and they give them that pencil and paper and they do all that. And then when they ask for immunity, they say, "You tell us what happened, and we'll see what we can work out." You they don't say, "Okay, right. you you're right. good, you're good. Just just tell us what you did." I mean, really. Yeah. So I. Again, horrible, All horrible, right. horrible situation. So, the world's a terrible place. Right. But 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 Bill Cosby is not America's dad anymore. He's not um, pitching for the he's Cleveland moving, Indians. He's, or he's moving Angeles to Western Dodgers. Massachusetts, Daryl. Did you see this today? He he owns he owns yeah. 100 acres. Outside, outside owns Greenfield, right? A little bit west of Greenfield? Uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, more closer to Amherst, like. 10 can miles you, can north you, can Amherst. Can you do something for me? Um, I'm not going to deface his, his property. How'd you know that was what I was going to ask? <laughs> Is the Jersey boy coming out at me? Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. But what oh. about Trevor Bauer? I'm, and he's still well, no, pitching. He's, he's still, well, yeah. excuse me. He was, so when, when, when we first got on the air here, I only knew that he was still pitching, but then you read that. Yeah, The breaking news we're recording this on Friday. He's just been placed on, and it sounds very kind placed, placed on administrative leave by the league, which means he gets paid while the league investigates what happened. And what happened was brutal and disgusting. And I don't really want to give details of it here, but any, no, it was when I read about it, it was sick. All, all you really sick. need to know is that the woman was, was left with a fractured skull, and that's not even the worst of what happened to her. No, and the sad thing is, she's probably going to lose in court because she, after the first encounter, went back to his house a second time and sent him communication saying that she liked rough sex. So that's probably going to be enough. To get him off on this. Yeah, which, and, and let's you know. be clear, none of that is an excuse for assault. And that's, I mean, it, with the, the right. this, this is one of the most violent and despicable things I, I can recall. Oh, you know, we, and we've seen some pretty awful things from the hands of athletes. This is among the worst. But I've never read an extended horrible actions and, and, like he did. And the, it, just, just the, the fact that MLB can't just immediately suspend this guy for a year, kick him out of baseball. It just proves to you how pow- – and, I, and I, I'm the one who advocates well, for the players most loudly, right? But this – you you got to blame the mm-hmm. power of the MLBPA. Well, but don't you think – That's what I was going to say, Joe. Right, right, it, yeah. It's, it's got to be the union. The union has to be in the way because you know baseball would, would have – but you've got to follow your – collectively bargained policies. Yeah, okay, but I will say that I I agree with like what Julie our a potential guest says um about that when players are suspended for aggressive treatment of the opposite sex there ought to be some therapy uh psychiatric mm-hmm. help attached to it. There should be some sort of 
treatment for the abuser. You know, some sort of because otherwise, what's to keep this person from doing it again? I, I th- Nothing's changed I in his behavior or the way he I'd looks be shocked at, at if women. Trevor Bauer hasn't done this to dozens of women. I mean, that's the, the thing. And the thing about being a right. and so I mean, he's a poster boy of somebody who well, needs I, some and help. I think the the what happens to professional athletes is they are they have women falling at their feet at at every stop and so whatever whatever the worst of them is is going to come out in these interactions because they're they're given all this power they're given all this you know all these these things so i you know i'm not i don't know what I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the direction is that we can go to make any of this any better. I feel like we're in for a lot more of these stories and stories that will get worse as we hear them. I think. Well, yeah, Joe, I mean, I agree with you. And and I know I've said it before and and you guys chuckled at me a little bit, but I I think it it starts in college. and, And that's where I think, athletes should be take as as silly as it sounds to us i think as as i mean we the three of us i think we we treat human beings with decency and kindness so as silly as it sounds to us i think in college is the time that you're going to really shape and mold minds and that is the time where athletes on scholarship should be able to major in their sport and they should be able to take classes in how to treat women, how to treat people, how to be in public, how to use social media, finances, you know, like be your own entrepreneur. If, if being a scholarship athlete and now that they're getting paid or can get paid through their likeness, if, if you could major in professional athletics, that's the time for these kids to be going through these classes. In my opinion, and, and, I know a little bit about <laughs> young children behavior. I don't know adult behavior, but as a, as a school teacher, I have special ed, and, and I study kids' behavior. At, to a certain point, when I'm, let's say, you know, a baseball player, for example, who's been through the minor leagues, and so you're 28 by the time you're a rookie sometimes, you know, I'm going to, if that 28-year-old makes a mistake and then goes through a three-month you know, rehab course or something, I'm sorry, you're not changing behavior. So just to put somebody through, it is a good thing. I'm not saying it shouldn't be had. It it is a good thing. And they should be. Matt, we're, oh, you're breaking up here. We lost you. Yeah. But I think, no, I think his point is, I, I agree with his basic point, especially because I know like when I went back to UMass in the 90s to become a teacher, I had to take um, a course on, on human development, even though I had three kids, you know. And, um, and, and the other thing is I had to take a course on feminism that was really eye-opening to me. The fact that, that a woman wouldn't be in the library at UMass at night or, you know, late afternoon because she wouldn't want to walk back in the dark because at the time UMass had had rapes on the, on the, uh, near the pond, near the library. 
And so that was like, that was like, I had never thought like that. Matt, you know? I, I don't want to make you think I'm scoffing at your, at your proposal. I think adding some coursework to scholarship athletes to help them deal with some of these other things would be tremendously helpful. I feel like we shouldn't have to offer human decency 101 though, that that's something that really should be taught. But you know, you should, but, you should, but, but Matt's but, point about the starting in college and I didn't even go further, Matt. I think it starts when in high school, when, you know, like look at LeBron James at 15 or 16 years on the cover of sports illustrated. So these special talents get babied and, you know, their behavior is excused from when they're 12, 13, 14. So I think it gets really ingrained in them that whatever they do, they'll be covered up. I think where the the burden lies, and you guys are probably going to laugh at me for this, but I think, and what we're starting to see from younger generations is the, the, the pressure is going to come from your peers. If I'm a 16-year-old kid and there's a passed out woman over here, passed out girl over here, and I propose doing something despicable to her, my friend should step in and tell me that I'm being a, a bleep human being. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we can lean on youth coaches and and high school coaches and second grade teachers and elementary school teachers to to help with these values. But it's it, you know, it's it's a community responsibility. And I think when we have a 19 or 20 year old or 24 or 26 year old who is behaving terribly towards women, it's not something that they started doing when they were 24 years old. It's something that has been part of them since they were a young child, something that's probably been taught to them by someone. And so it it is the the responsibility of a lot of people throughout a a young person's life. And let's face it, we're talking about young men here Uh, through a young man's life through through his developmental years to to help instill these values and these things. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of that is going to come from has to come from peers because when you're 17, you listen to other 17-year-olds. You don't listen to your parents. You don't listen to your coaches. You don't listen to some old guy on the radio. You listen to your teammates. But I, yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't disagree with you, Joe, but I just think, and, and Daryl, I mean, you're right too. It could start in high school, but, you know, then maybe – do we, does every high school, does that just become part of the general curriculum? Because at some point though, Joe, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It's more parenting, I think. Peer pressure. But the problem is it's, it, it has to be, it has to come from somewhere. I I mean, Uh, I think making gender studies as, as, as common as American government for ninth graders I think that's a, I right. think that's a Would fine idea, I, but I think it's got to be presented in the right way. And then we can get into, I'm sure you guys would, would love this discussion. We can get into a 20 hour discussion about how curriculum, how curricula for, for kids are developed. Let's talk. Let, now let's, before I know we're about done. What about Ooh. the Olympics? I'm beginning to get the Olympic Ooh. spirit. Ooh. The other thing I want to say Ooh. about the Olympics is that I love the way the United States does it. They, it, it leads to some heartbreak when somebody who's the best in the world doesn't qualify. But the fact that 
they have to qualify on a particular date to make the Olympics. And then I like, be I like because it. they smoked a joint again. I think, I, I think that's, wasn't that horrible. I, I, and I, horrible. I agree Darrell. we could go. And she actually yeah. had a reason too. Like she had, she had learned about the death yeah. of her birth mother, um, you know, on, from a journalist. And, and I, you, you know, know I'll, I'll be the yeah. first person to admit, I've been a regular pot user since I was a young man. And at this point, it's what's keeping me after four spinal surgeries. It's the only thing that's keeping me from consuming fistfuls of Oxycontin every day. And the only thing that allows me to get through my day. And I honestly can't imagine going back to a place where it's illegal at this point. It's so readily available in Portland and cheap. I mean, the, the it doesn't... The, it's legal in most of the country, it is, but, but, it's, anyway. but again, it's not really available. Yeah. I know, like it's legal in New Jersey, but there aren't any stores open. So, like they're la- well, they oh really? It, I think oh, it takes okay. a while for, for the regulatory stuff to catch up. But we, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll let let's bookmark that for next week. We can talk Olympics and 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 all all this stuff. But um, thanks for joining us, everyone. We're sorry our special guest was not able to join us. We'll see if we can line her up uh, for one of these upcoming shows. And we would. Why did you oh, plug her book though? Yeah, because so it is great. Uh, our our, presu- our presumptive guest this week was Julie DeCaro, whose new book uh, it's called "Sidelined: Sports Culture and Being a Woman in America," and it is an absolute must-read for anyone who consumes sports media in this country. And it is for those of you that that know who Julie is, you remember this video that she and Sarah Spain put out about five years ago, five years ago, friends of theirs reading some yeah. of the tweets that they've received as mean tweets that uh, men write be, to women. So mean is like the, the, is like one tenth of like just the most disgusting, horrible things. And I yeah. heard her say on a, a interview on CNN just recently that the ones that they read weren't even the worst of it, that those were like the middle of the uh-huh. road ones, that there were some that they could not have, that they couldn't have gotten past censors. And, and I, you know, if you know women who cover sports, you know this is common. But read her book. It is powerful and important and disturbing and horrible and beautiful and uplifting all at the same time. Great book. Couldn't recommend it enough. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. See you next week.